Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Edge Backstage Pass, the weekly podcast from the Tuesday night show at the London comedy store The Edge. This week the internet was really out to get us and the team did brilliantly to squeeze out a few absolute gems between technical failures. Listen out for Steve nearly starting a comedian's feud and I have no idea what Stephen Grant was typing throughout the show but his keyboard is pretty noisy. Despite the craziness, I promise you, you will enjoy this one. Hello, my name is Stephen Grant. I'm an unemployed stand-up comedian. I've just come back from a UK holiday. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jenny Collier and I'm in London with my curtains that look like Dieter Brummer's shirt from Home and Away. Well, my name is Steve Gribbin and I'm a part-time mask-wearing vigilante. My name is Rob Rouse and I am Steve Gribbin's nemesis. <laughs> no, I've actually just recently <laughs> been bitten by my dog in the garden because I was trying to take some uh, month-old, out-of-date mackerel. Does that um, mean he has special powers? He stole. I mean, he mugged me on the way to the bin. <laughs> and um, I, I'd eaten some of it yesterday and not actually looked at the by date and spent most of yesterday on, in, in the tree with... Oh, what can only is that be why you needed the as, soiling fine charge? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what can only be described as, as mackerel, mackerel moose. <laughs> for most of the day. Return of the mackerel. I was, Return <laughs> of the mackerel. Yes, it is. Very good. <laughs> I've got no. They kind of put the mackerel in the bin. I got mugged by the dog and then bitten by him for trying to take it off him to try and save his guts. <laughs> Anyone want to buy a dog? That's basically what I'm trying to find out. Right. Could be worse. Could be a cat. It turns out uh, the first cat has got uh, coronavirus, hasn't it? Has it? Yeah. Are we? Um, yeah, yeah. I think the cat one. It's my most retweeted tweet of the whole pandemic so far. It's wow. my tweet about the cats. Because up until now, I've been doing pithy, sarcastic, sharp observations about the political machinations of a, of, a, of a system in turmoil and a rebooting of society. But I did a thread of cat pictures yesterday because every single news organisation ran with the story but didn't have a picture of the actual cat. So they all ran with a library picture of a cat, but they had to show one that wasn't looking happy or cute. So everybody across the news spectrum had a picture of a concerned cat from the world of media and I put them together in a thread it's gone wild admittedly because Sarah Millican retweeted it and her 1.2 million followers do tend to push things on ever so slightly but um, with a mixture of Sarah's followers and people replying back going you shouldn't make jokes about cats dying of coronavirus mm -hmm. to which I had a reply with it made a full recovery I hope your day improves um, it's been it's been excellent yeah it's big news it's huge huge what face does a concerned cat have I'm, if i could do share screen on this zoom call right now i'll do it but i will try to reenact some of the actual cat poses and i don't think a cat is capable of showing any kind of concern whatsoever i mean my shit. experience with cats is cats couldn't give a fuck about anything could they yeah but you know sometimes when they're like they're all folded up licking their ass or something and then they suddenly look up <laughs> Like they've just realised something, or they they can smell a, a predator. They yeah. do that sometimes. Or is that just they look up, and go, oh fuck, I know. I'm just looking at that. Was a second. Perfect. I can only apologise. <laughs> 387 retweets which is quite high in this world no, and, 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 but what's good is that some companies like the Telegraph managed to find a picture of a cat having its temperature taken with a, a thermometer 
So there we go oh then. Wow. So yeah, that's just in case you feel like you've missed out. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, that is a concerned-looking cat. Yeah, they, they all are. They all are. Look, look. The best one was the one in Sky News, which I said didn't want to be identified over it. It's a silhouette, a silhouette of a cat. I mean, that's they, they they tried to show the seriousness of the story, and and then some of them they had them in cages. Right. So they looks like, you know, they've been incarcerated. That's a concerned looking cat, isn't it? Yeah. And then and then finally, I just again, I'm showing you cat pictures. I, I'm not quite sure how this works for a podcast. The son, unsurprisingly, had a quite sexy looking cat looking slightly worried there. That's the son's one with a woman with a... Look at the paws on that one. Look at the paws on that. And a lady vet with her lady vet outfit half unzipped. Genuinely. That's, that's a very special yeah. video, doesn't it? That's the son, exactly. <laughs> right, there we go. In love. That's kind of the opposite of PPE, isn't it? Wearing your kind of... <laughs> Medical scrubs half undone. Spying <laughs> <laughs> in the face of any kind of PPE. If you're dealing with a cat with coronavirus, you, you, you should definitely have PPE on rather than, you know... Have you heard that, your, um, the Holby City News? Scrubs. The Holby City News, they're filming four special coronavirus episodes showing the hospital with complete turmoil, right, okay, massively overloaded, but they've said that they filmed it following strict guidelines on social distancing. So they're going to show a hospital absolutely rammed at two metres apart from everybody. Um, but they said that they would, they followed all the safety procedures, which means all the actors will be wearing PPE, which they should be because they're appearing as doctors and nurses, which would be hilarious if that Holby City weren't able to get PPE on because they've had to give them to an actual hospital. But uh, yeah, wow. um, so, yeah so, so there will be, there will be coronavirus episodes of Holby City in the pipeline. But they will also have had to have researched the um, stories and the details from the doctors. And the doctors are like, we haven't got time. We're treating Corona. <laughs> Give us our masks great... back. Yeah, the strangest thing uh, I, me and uh, my wife have watched during lockdown has been, I think we watched episode, I can't remember what it was, of maybe season 27 of Holby City. <laughs> or, or it might have been doctors. Hard to tell. The, the, <laughs> uh, the same thing, aren't they, basically? But um, the episode we watched in, um, uh, someone um, had a, apparently a mental health condition, which they were trying to take very seriously, where wherever they went, they always saw Joe Pasquale, which meant Joe Pasquale was in the episode of Doctors, uh, and it would kind of cut to the person that we knew they were seeing, and then it would cut to their line of view, and it was Joe Pasquale. <laughs> and it, it was certainly one of the most surreal uh, times that we've had in lockdown recently. You know the amount of time you spend on Netflix or whatever, just flicking through and going, oh, should we watch that? Nah, should we watch that? Nah. We were just flipping through the iPlayer. We went, we landed on Doctors, season 27. And we went, no, oh, fuck it. We'll give that a go. It's only 20 minutes. And um, it was mind-bendingly surreal. This is the daytime TV version of being John Malkovich, isn't it? Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, it's, it's high art. It's high art. <laughs> So, so Joe Pasquale, it sounds like Joe Pasquale said, can I be in Doctors? And the scriptwriters went, there's only one way we can do this. And, well, he imagine... reverse engineered it to make his dreams come true. Yeah. Perhaps it was a really old letter he wrote to Jim will fix it. <laughs> well, it, it sounds yeah, to me like... To it. 
<laughs> they, they did a half a day filming with him where they, he attempted to become a, both a patient, a doctor and a nurse. And he wasn't convincing as any of them. And he went, look, we're just going to have to give people hallucinations where they're seeing Joe Pasquale because there's no other way we can put Joe Pasquale in the episode. I now just find this. This sounds incredible. Does yeah, it's a super... It's, well, they it's thought it'd be too drama. implausible to have Joe Pasquale in a hospital. I mean, that's just bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Did he do his voice in it? Did he do his voice? Yeah, well, you do the special Joe Pasquale voice, yeah. La, 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 la. Come again, Jen. My, you do, yeah, turn yeah, into yeah, a garlic yeah. on mine. Go on. Did, did he do his his voice? Oh, Joe did he? Pasquale yeah, voice? he was. He was in. He was in his. He was in his normal. Yeah. He was in his his performance <laughs> voice. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Oh, wow. Unless they just made out that he, he actually managed to get hold of some of the nitrous oxide or something like that. And then, <laughs> yeah. Kind of, and it's the story of his voice about the day that he went to hospital with a normal voice and came out sounding permanently of nitrous oxide. Guys, I think we might have an episode for doctors here. We should get in touch with them, yeah. This is amazing. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, the, uh, the idea being that uh, you're right, Jenny, that they don't have the ability to talk to doctors to find out what's going on. Because loads of all the people who've been in the world of showbiz who actually have medical, um, have medical sort of uh, qualifications have gone back into uh, medicine to help out in the early days. I don't know whether it was a PR thing, whether they're still doing mm. it. But, you know, the Prime Minister did, didn't he? Yeah, Dr. Raj as well from GMB went back mm. to help out with the film crew obviously opportunity <laughs> never missed um but i like the idea of the fact that they're sat googling about coronavirus because they don't have the medical expert and they've got an episode of holby city where they tried to blow up a 5g mast or something mm -hmm. like that because they just they just think that's what's causing coronavirus because they don't know they've just googled it can i just make a point um i won't have dr raj uh, rubbished or his name dragged into the mud or sullied in any way shape or form I've spent some formative uh, times with, in my, with my young children watching Dr. Raj's, is it called um, I Feel Sick or something? It's a children's BBC program called yes, I, I Feel it, Sick. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Raj um, d is able to nurse and, and treat, uh, medically treat, uh, a variety of different kind of sponge Muppet type puppets. Absolutely. So I think he's, he's clearly skilled across a wide range of disciplines and different... What? He can treat humans. I was always freaked out because it looked, they were looked so much like Paul Zerdin's Sam puppet to me. Though. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, well, he, he helped, he was terminally ill for a while, Paul Zerdin's Sam, and Dr. Raj helped him turn the corner. That's good he to know. He wouldn't be yeah. here if it wasn't for Dr. Raj. Doesn't Dr. Raj do a, a sofa advert as well? He does all sorts, yeah. As I say, he's a man for all seasons, Jack. <laughs> um, he's, he's also taken over medical duties, I believe, on this morning. Do you remember when Dr. Do you remember Dr. Chris Steele, who was uh, the fellow from Newcastle in that uh, legendary episode yes. of uh, This Morning where Richard Maidley was, uh, okay, um, coming up, uh, we've got Dr. Chris Steele and uh, we're going to be looking at uh, testicular cancer. He's going to be showing us um, how to uh, examine yourself for lumps and bumps down on your testicles. Isn't that right, Judy? And by then, I mean, Judy was clearly just going to drink through this one because it was, it was traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you remember watching it? Do you think it, no, they're not. Surely they're not going to show a man's scrotum on this morning. And uh, they bloody well did. But Chris Steele was, um, he was so calm. I'm just examining uh, the testicles now. Is, was, it, was, his, was it his or was it someone else's? No, it, it, was, it was a man. And the man was, was gripping the shaft of his penis in his fist. Right. And, then, and then Chris was able to examine the testicles <laughs> underneath. And then Richard was just stood there twiddling his pen going, yep, yeah, literally just there. And he just 
I mean, it was a struggle to keep Richard away. He was getting so involved, rolling his <laughs> sleeves up. <laughs> I, just, I just like the idea of the fact that that person who was the model for the day got the call from their agent that you're going to be on Good Morning Britain. And there's a brief moment, you're going to be on prime time, mate. Absolutely fabulous. Have I got a script? No. That's <laughs> <laughs> an improv job. This one, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, is it is is this is this job my bag? It's absolutely your bag. It's literally nothing else but your bag. If they grip it too hard, you may end up sounding like Joe Pasquale. <laughs> <laughs> and we've gone round in a circle. I love it. <laughs> um, incidentally, has anyone been on Twitter? Is anyone boycotting Twitter that while he's um, out down? It, it's oh, a, it, it carried on for nearly um, was it twenty four hours. Mm. There must have been about 70 tweets. Yeah, it's kind of weird, actually. Uh, yeah, you're right. The boycott of Twitter, uh, uh, a 48-hour boycott of Twitter um, because the social network did not take action quickly enough to permanently ban him. It's kind of... This is a new area for sort of social justice campaigning, isn't it? Mm. To actually uh, complain, not that the right thing's been done, but the right thing hasn't been done in a timely fashion. And, well, and it's the speed of it, because they've actually done it, and they still they should boycott because it's not quick enough. It's a bit like they're treating, I think Twitter's and social media's company's approach to um, unacceptable abuse is very much like the washing up, but they will do it. Um, <laughs> but it won't be quite as quick as everybody likes, you know, but it will. Well, I mean, I mean that, that's the other thing. How much other stuff were they, were they having to, they, I'm not excusing it, but maybe yeah. they were wading through loads of horrific white power shit that they had to get done. And as you say, it's just <laughs> another book going, there's some more fucking suit balls, sort them out. I just we need a dishwasher! Like, no. It's like the idea that they get, they get into work and they've got a to-do list on the front of their computer. It's, what's my show today? Horrific white power shit. Oh, again. Oh, every yeah. time. So I, I, I do know somebody who works for one of the social media companies and they said that uh, they just can't keep up. There's just too many people throwing too much abuse in too many directions, and it's just, it's just, it's tricky, isn't it? It's like painting the fourth bridge. You just finish it, and there's just more abuse at the beginning again. Maybe we could all we could all become um, deleters of bad stuff now that we've all got no work. Maybe that's maybe everyone who's that the, the comedians of the UK become the censors of. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, 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 as a comedian, you'd be duty bound to leave it in if it was funny. So we, we sit there sort of going, look, I've, been, I've read something that's horrifically racist and anti-Semitic, but look at this use of setup. It's so short and punchy. That's got to stay. I just don't think we'd be the best arbiters. <laughs> it's a lovely idea, though. Yeah. A bit scary when you think of some of the comics, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, yeah the, most of the comics have been adding toppers. That'd be the worst thing. I've, sort of, I've, just, seen this, I've just seen this horrific abuse. I'm just going to put the joke they should have done at the end of it. So. <laughs> just put a gif of somebody going afterwards. <laughs> oh, that's not good for the podcast Sars audio. Yeah. In, fact, in, fact, in fact, they wouldn't, they wouldn't delete, delete any of it. It would just be a series of tweets saying, I wouldn't open with it. No, I mean, just, it just written after every single piece of abuse. Wouldn't open with it. It's like, not your best work. Yeah. Save it for Edinburgh. That would be just literally the only thing the comics would write. Well, but also, when... anyone who's in, uh, who's like all of us who waded into this creative business, we kind of, we're, everyone's carrying some kind of damage or, or some form <laughs> of... <laughs> Some kind of pain or confusion that we're trying to work out by. Otherwise, we'd, we'd have quote-unquote normal jobs. Yeah. Like mo the reason most people don't do creative jobs is because most people don't feel the need to have what they do be 
viewed and judged and received. Most people are perfectly happy not putting themselves in, in any form of public arena because they are, they're well, essentially, aren't they? <laughs> you know, th- th- that's why there's a, an inordinate amount of, of um, maybe a disproportionate amount of us who, who occasionally fall apart or fall apart at the seams or, or, you know, something spills out that's, that's weird because... I feel like you're laying the groundwork for something awful moves. you're about to say. No, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm, absolutely, I'm absolutely fine. I'm absolutely so, fine. So, so what would you like to excuse with your follow-up? But don't get me started on trees! <laughs> Fucking <laughs> trees. Yeah, it's weird though, isn't it? it trees. Yeah. Trees. One, are one, one of the things that's one, happened. One, one, one of the biggest of killers of motorcyclists, by the way, trees. So you know they are they are assholes. They kill them wow. everywhere, mostly yeah. on tight corners in in, in uh, on on, win- on wintry days. And yet we go. What do we do? We go and put some flowers around the tree. That's like putting like a garland over the neck of the Yorkshire Ripper. I just don't understand it. <laughs> what were you going to say, Mr. Griffin? You were about to. No, no, no. I mean. <laughs> One of the phenomena, I think Steve's right that um, there's a journey, like the five stages of grief, isn't it? But um, um, certainly on various aspects of social media, and some people have been behaving like absolute fucking wankers. Um, mentioning What's no been names. What's going on, Steve? I've not really been looking yeah, at it. What's been well, happening? I've been trying not to because it makes me so fucking angry. But um, no, I'm not going to mention any names because uh, that's not fair. Is it? Hang on, I'm just going to bring up my list. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you see that Greg's has reopened? <laughs> I've, I've actually, oh, uh, I've, has I love, Greg's, I mean, has we're Greg's not in. Yeah, massive rush. They're on 72% um, sales against last year. They are almost recouping losses, apparently. That means every single person who wanted a sausage roll between mid-March and mid-July has backed up their sausage roll requirement and they have mostly caught up with themselves. That's that's frightening. Yeah, Yeah. Mm. came out the same day as Boris Johnson's uh, how to lose weight advice, which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the politics we now live in, is that... Boris Johnson's taken a backhander from Greg's. Where, so if he goes, I really must eat healthily, and do some exercise, then everyone will, he, they, he's done that with the sheer knowledge that most people go, no, fuck off, I don't know you tell me. I'll go straight to Greg's, mate. And then he just gets backhander off Greg's. I wouldn't be surprised, that kind of double negative thinking. Like, like, like Trump's, uh, like Trump's um, person... Mm, woman, <laughs> camera, <laughs> TV, and then and then when you if you watch the long version of the clip at the end of it, he says, uh, he says because I I can do that because I'm cognitively good, but can Joe do that? Can Joe do person, <laughs> woman, man, <laughs> camera, TV? That's what we don't know because as you get older, these things they. They fall apart. People, people lose their minds. Uh, can Joe do that? Can, I don't. I don't think he can. <laughs> Fucking nuts, isn't it? Absolutely terrifying. Yeah. But he's so he's running his entire campaign now on the basis that he's taken this supposed intelligence test, which is a basic test for dementia, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's saying the fact that he's aced it and can remember five things in a row. <laughs> he's doubling down on that. To make out that there's no way that Joe Biden could possibly do it. It's incredible. Yeah, I almost, saw as if, almost as if people go, this is just so fucking nuts. We'll keep voting for this, the, for the clown. Yeah, really well, I saw yeah, an interview where the interviewer said, like, you know, when I took the test, it wasn't that hard. He goes, well, maybe the beginning, but the end you wouldn't have been able to do. Yeah. Just like absolute fake news. And I go, no, I, I could. He goes, no, you didn't. 
And that's incredible. You just sort it? of had to leave it. You just had to kind of be like, okay, yeah. fair enough. Next subject. What, yeah. You know. What was funny about this one is they reckon this test that Trump took is the actual turning point of Fox News pulling away from supporting Trump because mm -hmm. they, they covered the story about him telling it, but they took the piss lightly, but they did an interview with him. It was quite funny because he asked him about it. I think it was, um, it was uh, Chris Wallace on Sunday challenged him over it and said, I've just found the quote as well. Uh, I took the test too when I heard that you passed it, the Fox News host told Trump. It's not, well, it's not the hardest test. They have a picture and it says, what's that? And it's an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that's one of the five questions at the end. So, uh, yeah, they reckon that that is the tipping point of, of Fox going, actually, we reckon he's now a liability and we don't want to put all our eggs in the, in the Trump basket. Yeah, and, it yeah. might and they're saying that Trump would rather not stand than lose an election which means that if he starts taking the poll seriously, though the thing is they reckon he might not because he's now surrounded by people who only tell him what he wants to hear. He's got rid of all of the other people. He, he also, he, sorry, yeah. Stephen, but he also refused to say that he, if he lost, that he would accept the decision. Oh, yes, he, would, he would refuse yeah. to go. You say, well, I'd have to see. He goes, no, hang on. If you lost the election, you would leave office. We'd have to see. I can't answer that question now. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> isn't it that that feels like that's what the the, the culture of kind of um uh brazen brazening out lies or brazening out it used to do you remember like michael heseltine resigned didn't he over a slight fib about wessex helicopters and that, that was it was huge news it was the end of his career but yeah. johnson and, and trump would just go no, we're moving on. We're moving on. Well, we're moving Ed, on. And Ed, Edwina Curry. Edwina Curry lost her job because she said most egg production in Britain had been infected uh, with uh, what was it, the egg disease? I can't remember. Salmonella. Salmonella. Salmonella yeah. Salmonella. What she said, what she meant to say, was affected by salmonella, and she said infected mm. instead of affected. Two letters lost her job. Right. <laughs> so, like, let say, you're Trump can't actually use two letters correctly and then just still keeps mm -hmm. his job anyway but uh, funny i saw an interview i don't remember who the woman was interviewing donald trump but before he was president um it was doing the rounds on um twitter the other day and at the end of it he was saying something like and everybody keeps talking about how good how good i am and she goes no they're not and it was just so beautiful the way she just said it like no they're not <laughs> can't let you say it and uh, i highly recommend searching it out because it's delish yeah. <laughs> yeah why is he why is he losing his base though because realistically he's still pitching and i think you you still can't write him off but is he losing his base because his base are the kind of people who are most likely to be affected by coronavirus or is he losing his base because actually, yeah. or is it because it literally is the economy that he promised economic revolution and now they're all losing their jobs because they always thought he was the guy to keep their money safe. That's what they all thought. So why yeah. is he losing their base? Because I, I always, I always read the news. I always think I'm not going to look at the news. I think the most balanced thing you look at, I look at bookie odds of what chance he's got of maintaining his seat. And he was the favourite for re-election up until about a month ago when right. Joe Biden took, took over. And now he's nearly two and a half to one Trump to win, which is the worst he's ever been in his presidency. So this is, this is mass desertion of people not betting on him, which means he's lost his base. But why? Because yeah. like, even when coronavirus was killing more Americans than anyone else, he was still favourite up until about a month and a half ago. Yeah, I, th I, think, that, I think the coronavirus thing's really clobbered him, hasn't it? Because he was, he was basically saying, we're doing a great job. We're doing a great, so it's fine. You don't need to do it. You don't need to protect yourselves. And, and obviously people were 
sadly dying in droves while he was opening up states and stuff. And I, th- I reckon maybe, maybe it's, it's that. He, he can't, when there's actual crisis, that's when actually a, any government or leader needs to actually start doing some work. So if Donald Trump good. gets kicked out because of coronavirus, is it fair to say that coronavirus has saved millions of lives? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have this theory about coronavirus, that coronavirus is spread, as we know, by people being near people. And the roads after lockdown were beautiful. They were empty. I was cycling. It was lovely. You could smell everything. Like the air was clean as anything. Um, I, I went on various walks and went out. It was nice. And when you did go to a shop, it was sort of kind of empty. And clearly the problem is people. I mean, the problem in the world is people. And coronavirus is doing its best to sort it out by removing lots of them. Uh, and, you know, I, I, you have to think the coronavirus is effectively solving its own problem because it becomes a lot easier to socially distance when there are less people. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I guess some of you are probably sitting there thinking, does Stephen mean this? This is the problem because up until five months ago, you're going, oh, this is funny. He's going down a slight anti-person. But because there's been five months of lockdown and comics going slowly mad, there's a little part of all of you right now thinking he might actually mean this. But I don't mean this. You've always want... known you mean it, Stephen. <laughs> no, I don't want people to die. But I do think that actually the, the, the thing about coronavirus is, is it makes everybody reassess everything. Mm. Right. And like, because all of us, most comics are earning a, a mere minuscule fraction of what we previously earned. We're probably sitting there thinking, I don't think it'll ever be quite the same as it was coming back. Not for years anyway. And then what it does, mm. do people really want to go out? Is that how they're going to spend their money? There's an appetite for it now because it's new. Will it die off? And I think this, expect quite a few comedians to basically move into kibbutzes and walk around barefoot, I think, for the next 20 years and say, that's it for me. I don't do this anymore. I think this mm. is the this is the new world. So, you know, I mean, th- this this chat we're having now might be the closest we get to actual comedy for the next six months. Yeah, I think it's good. We're all going to have to shift into other jobs, I think. And I'm, I'm going to become a hitman and work my way through that list <laughs> uh, of people. What did you say, Jen? I couldn't hear Jen. What's a kibbutz? Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it some kind of retreat? Though to be fair, you you say what a kibbutz is. I had to. I had to Google the name of the seventies TV stars' curtains you mentioned at the very beginning. Uh, What was the name of that person again? Sorry, I've I've lost it now. Dieter Brummer. Who's Dieter Brummer? Do we all know who Dieter Brummer is? And I'm I'm in the in the minority here. Uh, Just uh, just anybody that you fancied in the nineties. That's their shirt uh, from neighbours and home and away. Right. Yeah, that's like Brad's shirt, isn't it? Yeah. Brad, the one that uh, was it, Beth and Brad? Yes. Beth and Brad. I don't know. What? I don't know. <laughs> no, it totally was. It totally, I think it was Beth Just and Brad. Just wreck off, yeah. okay? Leave me alone. You wreck off. <laughs> I'm going to Lesseters. <laughs> Can we do a quick, we always try and do this, a quick positive thing from everybody. I realise it's most hard for Steve Gribbin down there, but uh, a quick positive thing to take us out on a, on a high note as we go out. Do you, do you want to go last, Steve, in case you need more time to think of something? Go on, Robert. The, um, one of the things I've looked, we're not in lockdown anymore, are we? We're officially out of lockdown, I believe. But um, either way, there's a, a peace and tranquility. We're not. We're uh, still in official lockdown. Are we? Yeah. Oh. It's not officially ended yet, lockdown. Well, You're no, not showing much it. alertness. <laughs> uh, hey, Jenny, I am... You have to get a billion in the body to catch me up. I'm wide awake. Are we not in lockdown anymore? I thought we'd stopped. <laughs> Anywho. Any <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I, I thought, I thought they, they'd... Rel- 
I thought lockdown was kind of over in that it's been eased because I've not been to the pub, but there's people going to pubs. That would say to me that there's. I think we're in the grey area, aren't we? Yeah. We're in yeah. The well, there area. we go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm, well, not, I'm basically a hermit anyway. Grey t-shirts. We are, aren't we? We are, we are the grey area. There you go. That's the, that's the name for the podcast. There it is. We saw it. Good. Yeah. The grey I'll, area. Start, I'll start it again, Simon. I was going to say that one of the things I've loved about lockdown <laughs> is it's enabled me to slow down and look at the world around me. And, and I've been spending a lot of time in the garden and I've found in our little pond in the back garden, we've actually got great crested newts. Wow. Amazing. Nice. That is amazing. And they, they're Ooh. absolutely delicious. They're really... <laughs> you can, I tell you, you can see why they're a protected species because they're some, mm, some really good eating. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to eat quite a lot of them because they're quite small. So they're a bit like white bait. They're like kind of like... Um... <laughs> Please, could somebody go next before this gets any worse? <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so here, here is a topical positive. Um, obviously, we're, they're slowly clawing back in some of the quarantine rules for countries that we had air bridges with. So Spain is now uh, in this category, including the Balearics and the Canaries, even though they've got a lower infection rate than us, which is hilarious. Mm. Um, but it does mean that if you are coming back from holiday now, you've got to wait 14 days. Put aside the joke of the fact that Grant Shapps, the transport minister, someone who knew about it before we went, has to quarantine coming back. But if you think about it, anybody and everybody who knows someone who's been on holiday, especially recently, who has a habit of rubbing in their face, and I can hold my hand up and talk about my UK holiday before we start recording this podcast, can <laughs> include myself in that bracket, it is now confining them to their own homes, failing, making it impossible for them to basically wax lyrical and annoy the fuck out of you as to what their holiday was like for two weeks. And I believe a two-week quarantine for anyone returning from a holiday when you can't afford one because you've lost your job is a brilliant idea uh, and in many ways is going to keep my emotional status much higher. So I say quarantine anybody unless their holiday was provably shit. <laughs> I was thinking though about the news today when because the whole obesity um, thing from Boris where he wants to stop people being obese and I've got the solution which is give everybody worms Um, that's how I'm thin (laughs) Um, no I'm not currently wormy but I had a lot of worms as a child and I'm pretty sure that's what's done it so if I give it to everyone I don't think you can die of worms but then you wouldn't be obese and then it would help don't know Wow. Don't put that in. <laughs> I'm definitely putting that in. <laughs> DV, what you got for us, mate? Uh, well, the, I'm going to be quite positive. It's Ooh. shocking, really. Uh, but one of the, the best things about lockdown, I think, has been the amount of uh, stuff that I've put up with on TV because I haven't really lo- watched a lot over the last few years. And uh, stuff like The Young Offenders. Has anyone, has anyone seen that? The Irish I'm one? Not. Set in Cork. It's absolutely fucking brilliant. Uh, and also, and I know that's a cliche to say... Oh, is that Steve's internet con then? Yeah, that is Steve's internet That's a, That is a Zoom oh. cliche, actually. I know it's a cliche, but... Look. <laughs> it's, it's a cliche to say, cut out. That Steve, is we, we lost you after Zoom cliche. Can you say it again, please, mate? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what I haven't enjoyed, my bandwidth. Anyway, um, it is a bit of a Zoom cliche, but I've really enjoyed the weekly quizzes that I do with my daughter who lives in Lancaster and um, oh, nice. her friends. It's been brilliant, actually. I've... I've I don't really like quizzes generally, but uh, I've become a real quiz, uh, what's the word? Quiz addict. Love it. That's a positive for me, yeah. Mm. I think we ought to leave it there, guys. It's five o'clock and that took nearly an hour to do uh, 35 minutes of podcast due to various technical issues. um, Happy editing, Simon. (laughs) Thanks very much. (laughs) Enjoy that.
so there you have it. Well, some of it at least. For our live section this week, Rob Rouse is flanked by Tiffany Stevenson and Alistair Barry, with Fumbio Mateo firmly in charge. Thank you. Please get up for Stephen Grant as he leaves the stage, please. Thank you very much. Are you guys still good? Still having a good time? Okay, we're going to start the second game of our, of our show tonight, and it's called Burning Issues. It's not what you think, guys. Okay? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, it's like question time. We're going to throw a couple questions to the wonderful panel behind me. I have more in-depth discussion of some of the news stories that have happened this year. I should use this mic, shouldn't I? Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Can you still hear me? Yep, okay, cool. So please give a round of applause for my wonderful panel behind me while we start burning issues. I will come to you guys at some point for some questions and some stuff you guys want to discuss, okay? So have some, some topics ready. How are you guys doing? You good? Yeah. Having a good time still? Fucking great time, folks. Yeah. What do you think of the audience? No, don't worry about it. Okay, so... Um, Rob's just really excited because he's one of those northerners who's voted conservative for the first time and he's coming Ooh. down to the big city. Ooh. <laughs> he's in the wrong town. Rather than being born into fucking privilege, well, my friend. There we go. Now, now, Burn. boys. <laughs> Burn. Burn. Okay, I'll set it off. Um, it's been a great year for men. Really great year. Yeah, started off. Woohoo! Another one. <laughs> started off with some. Um, We've got a pretty good consecutive record going on. <laughs> Still in charge well, of the last every one major the economy and full of moral fibre as well. I don't know if you've seen Harvey Weinstein recently in his latest disguise. It's fucking brilliant. Wearing, wearing a suit that's too big for him, hobbling along on a walking frame with tennis balls attached to the yeah. base of it, saying that no one appreciates what he's done for women, which proves that irony is fucking dead. That isn't actually a walk. It's not a, a walking frame. It's actually a, a rape guard to stop him getting his cock out. Oh! Um, I reckon it's, it's probably to get everyone. that uh, that lady from the famous tennis poster who was pulling the skirt up to bend down and try and pick one of the tennis balls off. <laughs> and he was it, just behind her and just went. Exactly. Yeah. If he's lucky, he might get four at once. <laughs> Do you think these people are getting away with... Do you think there's enough... He's getting judgment? away with fucking murder. $25 million settlement that he doesn't have to pay a penny for. Just, it's just proof that money trumps justice. It's not funny. Sorry, not all of it is fucking funny this year. But it, genuinely, I mean... And this was a man whose who's chat-up line was to ask women to watch him shower. Now, I got don't pen know. and paper. I'm going to write that yeah, one yeah. down. <laughs> So, right, I've already been taking tips this evening. I just phoned my cannabis farm and told them to turn the fucking gas down. But I, uh, <laughs> seriously, you go. I mean, I would watch. Was any woman in this room ever had a bloke ask them to watch him shower and gone, "Oh well, thank God you asked." <laughs> Honestly, nothing, nothing moistens be... the gusset like having a overweight, balding Jabba the Hutt look-alike. I soap down his hairy back whilst I flick my bean from the other side of the smoke glass. I mean. <laughs> But I, I don't reckon there's that much uh, nowadays left for lasses to enjoy, is there? Because all the bo- all the young lads now, they're all hairless, shiny boys. I've seen Love Island. What's your name, my friend? I like you. Yes. Fabio. Fabio. Nice to meet you, Fabio. Ah, where are you from, Fabio? Yes. Italy. You're Italian? Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Welcome uh, where, until where about... Um... Where the fuck is Fabio from? What fucking planet are you on? But you know what Manchester. Where, 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 what's your name? Fabio. Well, you know. <laughs> you got, he's, he's been modelling since the 90s. Yeah, I, I can't and that believe Fabio's you don't know. from America. <laughs> but the point I was trying to make, the point I was going to make is Fabio, for me, like kind of, you know, growing up in the 70s, he looks like a real man. I imagine you're, you're, you're fully pubic, 
Uh, yeah. Hairy all over Fabio, exactly. Oh. Oh Imagine watching Fabio... Fabio's giving us a hand diagram of his mound of Venus. Watch, that is something I've watching, never thought I'd Watching Fabio get out of a bath would be one of the seventh wonders of the fucking world, wouldn't it? All these preen, shiny boys on Love Island. Watching, imagine Fabio climbing out the side of the bath there, his bollocks hitting the side of the... gets out there. I think That's you'll a find, treat for any lady, isn't I it? I think you'll find they're not called ba- bollocks, they're called Italian meatballs. <laughs> Just like a mama made. I'm glad we've thought about your pubes. Yeah. Um, that's been what a what a treat, Fab. Um, <laughs> I didn't expect we were going to go there. I know it's difficult for men. I will say that. I just want to put this out there because a lot of a lot of ordinary men um, are thinking it's hard to even talk to women anymore. And I'm hearing it a lot. You know, like you can't even compliment a woman, and you can. It's just if your compliment is shouted from the top of a building, mm. <laughs> or like. <laughs> Out of a moving car, if like the Doppler effect applies to your compliment. Yeah, but it's just. Yeah. You know, like that. <laughs> well, it's just easier to see a nice looking bird from the top of a building, Tiff. <laughs> you and Fabio up there with binoculars. Uh, <laughs> but there's also. There's, Mamma mia. There's other. Uh, I mean, you had Weinstein, you've got Epstein, you've got. Uh, I mean, there are even an Arbus. Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in an, an Arbus, um, Louis C.K., who I am um, quite a well-known comic. I worked with him in New York, which I was quite excited about. Oh, so I'll I'm just pick that one up yeah, for yeah, you. Right, yeah. Fucking yeah, hell. I was, uh, I was, I but was, you happily watched him wank off, didn't you? Right, 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 right. So I've just said... Okay. I've, I've put me back out that time. Just said I work with a well-known sex pest. What a name drop that is. Well done, me. That's the whole point. I was quite excited. Now I go, fuck, I shook him by the hand. I wish I hadn't done that. But he was a guy, he would masturbate in front of women and you go, is, is there any bloke, even you, Fabio, bless your heart, that is, is labouring under the misapprehension that the sight of you masturbating is a good look? I mean, don't get me wrong, I love a wank. I'm fucking good at it. It's one of the few hobbies I took up as a teenager that I continued with into middle age. But I'm fully aware it is not a spectator sport. This is 2019, nearly 2020. Every man in this room has at some point been sat on a bed with a laptop open on one side, pants and socks around your ankles, a stash of tissues at the ready. The one thing you're not thinking in that situation is, I'll tell you what's missing here, is a witness. Okay, I'm going to try and take a topic if you guys don't mind. Um, with it, man. Thanks yeah. for coming to Alistair's Netflix recording. Like, so. <laughs> so as you see, it's ju- very much like question time, ladies and gentlemen. So, guys, I'm going to ask for a, a topic uh, from, from you guys. As you can see, the levels are very, very low. So, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Avengers. Let's do that. So, too many Avengers movies, guys. Yeah, what do you guys no, no, think? Yeah, no, like and... Um, oh, The Irishman. Yeah, that's not what, the same movie, No, too. The Irishman is no, where... Scorsese said... Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that no, the Irishman is Scorsese's latest film where women in Hollywood like pay thousands of dollars to have plastic surgery to look younger, and Scorsese goes, oh, "Fuck it, I'll just de-age them in the film." Or oh, sorry, I just de-age them in the <laughs> film, ah? I'll make them look, I'll make their balls like look so young. Uh, basically, this is, this is like white on white racism. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Euro skepticism. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's uh, basically Scorsese said that Avengers movies and Marvel movies were ruining cinema uh, because uh, basically you had to put a film out on Netflix is pretty much what that comes down to. I thought yeah. it was the price of the popcorn, man. 
What, that's driving people out of cinemas? Yeah, that shit's expensive. Yeah. It used to be like dinner in a movie, now it's dinner or a movie, because I got dreams too. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Are those cartons made of plastic as well? <laughs> do you, can I ask the man who asked the question, do you like the Marvel movies? Yeah. Who's your favourite character? Is it, is it uh, Superman or Spiderman or Batman? <laughs> If you, if you call them Munt... That man's not Marvel, Munt, Rob. That's DC. Thor. Oh, fuck. Sorry, DC. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Right, who wants a fucking wedgie? <laughs> um, I think you'll find uh, it's Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yeah, because every woman's a Wonder Woman. What? Um, Even the women didn't agree on that one. Yeah. Like, not like that. We can grow another human inside of us. Women have other, like, I mean, it's amazing. Slash we plant that human. Summit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was a good discussion of movies. Um, I'm going to go to the middle section over here. You guys seem very entertained. Any questions from my lovely panel? She said, absolutely nothing. These are your fans, by the way, too. They love all your jokes. They love you, this little section here. Any questions, guys? Oh, there we go. I would come round, but I'm tired, man. No, I'm joking. Just ask your question, sir. What do you think of plant-based diets? Plant-based plant diets. diets. Very good question. Eating plants. There. I think. Uh, how many vegans do we have in, by way of a cheer? See, One. now I, I've got a theory on this. As we know that meat is unsustainable environmentally, if there's only three vegans in here, that means any other vegans have realised the threat. Of us, we're all thinking the meat eaters, maybe we should start eating the vegans <laughs> as a sustainable source of protein. And if you think it through, that's why he's it got makes, outdoor shoes on so he can yeah. run. That's it, well, yeah. it, it makes logical sense because you think about I mean, a vegan, that would be some clean eating, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, that they've is looked basically after a themselves. Diet. Yeah, they're essentially organic. Um, they're quite stringy on the flip side, we'd have to fatten them up. But, um, and I think you'd have to cook them for at least nine hours, I reckon, a vegan. You want vegan, don't you, to fall off the bone. Now, mamma mia, is he falling off of the bone, this vegan? And also to get rid of the residual taste of self-righteousness in the meat, which would ruin a casserole or pie. On that note, that was burning issue, guys. Please give a round of applause to my lovely panel. Thank you very much, guys. So that's it from episode 26. If you're enjoying our work here, then please give us a review wherever you get your podcasts and perhaps give the episode a share on social media if you can. If you're ready to get out of the house, then we have some very exciting live outdoor shows going on in the grounds of beautiful Hatfield House on all the Saturdays in August. Details and links to tickets are at thecomedystorelive.co.uk along with all our online stuff. So, you have been listening to Rob Rouse, Jenny Collier, Steve Gribbin, Stephen Grant, and on stage we had Tiff Stevenson, Alistair Barry, and Fumbio Mateo. This podcast is produced and edited by me, Simon Mason, and special thanks, as always, to the Edge producer, Mr John Connor. We'll see you next time. Music